Hello, 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 shalom. This is Achama from faithhealthpotential.com on Achama Speaks Life, therapeutic wellbeing coach and abundant life mentor for faith-centered women who want to experience more life in accordance with God's word. So today I want to talk about abundance because abundance is a big word that is going round and making the rounds. And um, one of the courses that I do is the Abundant Living course. One of the first things that I get the people on the course to do is to think about their definition of abundance. And what generally comes back is that their definition of abundance has to do with things. It has to do with material things, material possessions, physical, tangible things and experiences. Now, in essence, there isn't wrong, there isn't anything wrong with things, but there is something wrong with viewing abundance from this light. Because ultimately, when you go back down the chain, what abundance is then, if we use that definition, is money. Abundance equates to money and wealth because you need money and wealth to buy things. You need money and wealth to um, have tangible, physical experiences in your life. And therefore, if you don't have money, then you can't have those things. And therefore, you need money in order to be abundant and have abundance. So along Along the road then, there's this chain that is developed, this chain of thinking, this chain of belief that says, abundance to me equals having things, experiencing things, doing things, and I need to have money in order to do those things, have those things, experience those things. If I don't have money, then I'm not abundant. And we get to this place where we put a lot of emphasis and a lot of focus on money. Now, the issue with that is what um, what God's word says here. Uh, let me just bring up that scripture. So the scripture that I am reading is 1 Timothy chapter 6 from verse 9 and it says this those who want to be rich however fall into temptation and become ensnared by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil by craving it some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows Likewise, Hebrews 13 verse 5 says this, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For God has said, neither will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So, these scriptures are really focused on the love of money. The love of money is a desire to be rich or desire to get money or to have wealth that inevitably 
puts the seeking of wealth and the having of wealth above God. And once that happen, once that happens, an exchange happens. An exchange happens within us, around us, in the spiritual realm. That puts us in a very, very precarious position where we allow ourselves to be opened up to certain things because we have exchanged one God for another God. We've exchanged, we've exchanged Yahuwah, Yah, the ever-living, the ever-living God for money, another God. And so I find that people have this definition of abundance which really enslaves them and it enslaves them to a life of toil, a life of labour, a life of continuously striving because fundamentally they have this belief that says if I don't have money I can't have what I want to have. That's the belief. It's the belief that if you don't have money, then you can't have X, Y, Z. And I have to say that that belief is a wrong belief. Because who said that if you don't have money, that you can't have those things? It's not to say that money isn't useful. It's not to say that money isn't beneficial. It's not to say that even money can't buy certain things. But it's the thinking that says that if you don't have money, then you can't have certain things. That's absolute thinking. And with that absolute thinking becomes absolute beliefs which lead down to wrong decisions and bad choices. So God's word says, Matthew 6 verse 22, that we can't love two masters. We can't serve two masters. We can't serve mammon, money, and the living God. We can't. We'll either love one and hate the other, or hate the other and, or hate one and love the other. We can't, because fundamentally it boils down to belief. What do we believe what do we believe holds true what do we believe is fact what do we believe is truth do we believe that the truth of what money says because money talks money does talk everything in creation talks everything in this universe talks or do we believe what god is saying do we believe the word that has come out of his mouth? Do we believe that his word is yes and amen? Do we believe in his word as truth? When we don't believe in his word, when we esteem the word of money, when we esteem the word of, of others over God, we're in trouble. We are in big trouble. And I just want to illustrate what I mean by this trouble 
I'm going to go to the Gospels now. So Luke 12, I'm reading from verse 26. It says, it says this. So if you cannot do such a small thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory was adorned like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Matthew six twenty-eight says this. Matthew 6 verse, from verse 27 says this. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why do you worry about clothes? Consider how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his glory was adorned like one of these. Now why do I share these scriptures with you? Because it shows a juxtaposition. It shows a juxtaposition between how we should operate at what at the level we should operate and how we tend to operate. Yeshua says this, consider, consider the lilies of the flat of the valley. Consider the wild flowers. Consider the flowers that grow in the field. And I just want to have a look at the definition of consider so that we have an understanding of what this means. So if I look at the definition of consider, it's a verb. So it's an action. It says this, to think carefully about something, typically before making a decision. Now, the funny thing is that in my day job, I work um, as a, a mental health worker, providing therapy to people with common mental health problems such as depression and anxiety, stress, phobias, um, and things like that. And one of the things that we teach is that worry is an action. Worry is something that we can choose to do or choose to stop. We don't have to worry, we get used to worrying because we believe that it serves a purpose. And so I think that this first definition of consider is really, is really interesting because it says this, to think carefully about something, typically before making a decision. We can choose to worry. 
or we can choose to think carefully about what we're going to spend our time and energy worrying on before choosing to worry, before deciding to worry. So to consider means to think carefully about something. Do I really want to go down this route? It means to contemplate, to assess, study, ponder, examine, review, weigh up, judge. It means to look attentively at something. Again, to contemplate, observe, regard, view, scrutinize, scan, examine, inspect. So contemplate what, what, what Yeshua is saying here when he says consider the lily of the valleys. He's not saying look at them. He's saying really think about this, really study this, really examine this. Because there is something here that I want you to understand. There is something here that I want you to get that you're not getting. Because obviously you've been spending your life going past these lilies in the field, these flowers in the field. You've been going past nature every day, yet you're not understanding something fundamental here. That these flowers, they don't labour. They don't toil. They're not here worrying or thinking about what they're going to wear, or what they're going to put on, or this, or that, or the other numerous things that us human beings worry about. Yet, yet, they are clothed in more splendor than Solomon in his height of glory. They are more clothed than Solomon when he was at his height. And Solomon, the queen of Sheba, came to visit Solomon because he had so much wealth. He had so much abundance that the queen of Sheba came all the way from Africa. To see for herself the report that had gone ahead about King Solomon. But Yeshua says, consider this. Solomon didn't look like this. Solomon wasn't adorned like this. Solomon wasn't taken care of like this. But these wildflowers in the field, they don't labour. They don't toil, they don't spin, they're not living in anxiety, they're, they're not living in worry, they're not trying to they're not trying to figure out how to make this or make that in order to have this or be that. There is something at work here. So I want to leave it like that today. I leave it at that today so that you can take some time to consider. And if you can, go out in nature and just spend some time and reflect and consider the flowers, consider the trees. And we'll pick this back up next week.
take care, God bless, shalom. If you want to connect with me, um, if you have any thoughts about what I've spoken about today, any comments, any questions, anything that you want me to address in A Chamber Speaks Life in the next episodes, then please contact me on um, via my website www.faithhealthpotential.com or achama at faithhealthpotential.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Take care, God bless and shalom.